You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This podcast is brought to you by the wonderful, beautiful, awesome, killer. What other adjectives can I use that are positive and extremely true? Um, family behind Fuzzrocious Petals. You've heard Ryan on the show. You know about their stuff. It's all fantastic. You know I've got uh, maybe something cooking with them, or maybe you don't know about that, but I didn't say that I did, so don't worry about it. Um, yeah, the best thing to do would be to head over and you know go to their website, maybe sign up for their, their newsletter, and that way you can stay abreast of all the latest and greatest, and, you know, it's a good thing to do. Why would you rather, what, you rather get emails from, like, Best Buy or Walmart? No. You want the Fuzz Rush's Pedals news, newsletter. Of course you do. Yeah, the new the new newsletter. I meant to say that. Don't worry about my enunciation. Go over there and sign up because stuff is coming your way, I hear, maybe. I'm going gonna, gonna to tell you something that may come as quite a shock. You may not, you may not be ready for it, but it's it's reality. It's what's happening. It's what it is. This episode is sponsored by Sinusoid, Sinusoid Cables, my favorite cables. You know, if I had a co-host to like go off of with these, it would be so much easier for me, but I don't. So I have to pretend and kind of like stare at the wall and talk to this microphone and say, like, try to convince this wall to buy this cable. But you're not a wall. You're a real person, and you need cables. You need to connect all your pedals together. You need to connect your guitar to your pedals, to your amp. Or maybe you're a plug-straight-in guy. Okay, maybe you are. That's fine. You still need Sinusoid to rock to your fullest, because these guys are awesome. They support all these different gear podcasts, including this one, and they're a very, very valuable resource in the community they're always serving up all the goods they have the best warranty in the business and fantastic customer service you buy something from sinusoid and you're not happy with it well they're gonna fix you up you're not gonna have to worry you will you will eventually be happy with it so go to sinusoid.com get some cables and just enjoy life more than you're enjoying it right now Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the ToneMob.com podcast. I'm your host, Blake Wyland, and with me today, I have somebody that we've been, I don't know, I've been corresponding on the interwebs with for a while now. I don't know, a couple of years at this point. Mr. Drew Walsh of Walsh Guitars. How's it going, man? Good. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. You know, having a, a good Saturday. Doing the thing. Just got done playing some fuzz pedals with my son, so it's uh, things are looking up. It's <laughs> awesome. How old's your son? Uh, he's about two and a half. Yeah. Uh, nice. He's, he's a little dude. He likes. To, he says, "I want to play pedals," and he comes out and <laughs> twists knobs. It's a, it's the best thing ever. That's awesome. So. My daughter helped me in the shop today. I had uh, just kind of finished up another wave of guitars. And uh, she told me that she wants to to build guitars with me, so I told her she could start by by vacuuming. So she got my shop back and vacuumed <laughs> all the floor, which was awesome. So <laughs> nice. How old is she? Yeah, uh, she's six, and then I got a three and a half year old as well. Actually, she's almost four. So yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Um. Well, let's get into it, uh, and we can kind of talk about. You know, how we got hooked up uh, initially and mm-hmm. how I've been drooling over your rather unique uh, designs over the years. And uh, but let's just kind of start with your musical backstory and and that kind of general thing, as everyone knows. So, like, how would you get started in music and then kind of what led you down the path of want to make guitars? Yeah, let's see. I started start playing electric guitar when I was in fifth grade. and. Uh, 
Yeah, my, my parents took me to this pawn shop. I, I grew up in Sacramento. My parents took me to this pawn shop, and uh, my dad told me he would buy me a guitar as long as I promised I wouldn't join a band. And, uh, <laughs> and oh, then, really? like, That's probably... An yeah. interesting stipulation. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but what he didn't know is, like, the only reason I wanted to get a guitar is because I wanted to be in a ska band. Because uh, at the same time, I, I also yes. played trombone. And so... So rad. I played... Tr- yeah, I played trombone. I was like, well, I want to play guitar, too. So so I ended up picking up the guitar two years later in seventh grade. Uh, ended up kind of joining a ska band with some friends of mine. I mean, as much of a band that you can really have as a seventh grader. Right. Uh, I, know, I know the feeling. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure we were just completely horrible. Uh, but But, you know, like we learned like all of our favorite favorite songs like mighty mighty boston's and mm-hmm. you know all those all those kind of guys and stuff so we did that for a couple of years my parents weren't super happy about that but they they kind of came around to that uh and then actually and then so i kind of played music with those friends for a good long while and then in high school i ended up uh starting another band with some friends called noah Vale, and mm-hmm. we we played we played concerts with no effects. We played uh, was strung out a couple times. Oh man, so, like, I'm jealous. Yeah, that's so awesome. Yeah, so it was it was super fun. Uh, we ended up like at in the high school, we kind of stopped playing and and whatnot. So, um, but then when I went away to college, I went to Azusa Pacific University in LA and uh, studied music there for my undergrad. And mm-hmm. of course, joined the band once I got there, and we we did a bunch of concerts and stuff in the LA area. Played like uh, the Whiskey and the Knitting Factory and some of those mm-hmm. kind of cool venues. Never really um, nothing much. What's that? I just want to say, like, you're doing really horrible at this point as far as keeping up your end of the bargain with the whole not joining a band thing. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> like, like you really have just kind of bl- blown the door. Like you can, uh, you know, he, your dad, your old man held up his end. He got you the guitar. You've kind of, you've really dropped the ball at this point. But I then, know, I know, right? No, yeah, but what well, was I, mean, but... I want to back up to that a little bit, if you don't mind. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like it seems that seems almost counterintuitive. Like I think most guys at least anyone that i know that that picked up especially electric guitar not acoustic players maybe yeah. but like electric guitar players generally want to be in a band like mm-hmm. i think that's just once you start playing you kind of want to be what what was his thing there like what he didn't want you to be in a band from the kind of inconvenience factor of like having to go to practice and all the time it takes or what was the deal there yeah i don't know i think maybe a little bit uh i mean my 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 family's pretty conservative and stuff so i think they i I have two older brothers and they're like significantly older than me and Mm -hmm. uh i think i think they're a little bit worried like having seen like especially my middle brother how he kind of got mixed in with wrong crowds and stuff and so i think they're a bit worried like you know crap if he picks up electric guitar he's gonna fall into that same kind of thing so got it uh, but but yeah I i was a yeah i was a bit more sheltered just in that, like the friends that I ended up forming a band with, that was like totally not their, not their scene. Uh, so I, I think they they warmed up to the idea once they saw that, like, even even when playing with with some major major bands who did party hard, like right. the guys that I was the guys I was with, they were pretty straight edge, you know. So yeah, like that didn't mean they it didn't it didn't mean that you were going to do that, right? Exactly, and they they. Mm-hmm. I think they figured that out once I had been doing it long enough. They're like, okay, yeah, he's not, he's not going down that path. So, right. Uh, understandable yeah. concern though, especially if they've already had experience in that department. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Not to dig too much so, yeah. into that. I just thought that was kind of a, I was like, wait, wait, what? why? Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm on board now. Uh, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. No, no, no. So yeah. So, and then, uh, yeah, so college, you know, was in a band, and and that that kind of band was more. I I was kind of over punk by that time, 
and so we're we're kind of doing more um and it's it was kind of it was very eclectic kind of almost like funk rock and mm -hmm. uh we even had like a horn section at points where it'd be like i don't know <laughs> it was it was it was really weird so it it was a lot of fun we like for two years uh in college there at azusa we we won the battle of the bands and it was just like it was fun times with with friends but we we didn't take it too seriously so once right. we all graduated once we all graduated it kind of just stopped there but um yeah and then and then from there so so yeah music was my my undergrad uh and i come from a, a religious background and stuff so i've I've been involved in different churches doing doing music honestly since I got that first guitar. So mm -hmm. well, once I graduated college I was hired full time at a church to to do their music and uh and then uh, after being there for about two and a half years I actually went back to grad school and finished up a post grad degree and then was at a church for four years in Florida doing music. And now I'm at a church here in Washington and, uh, I oversee the music programs for, uh, for three different churches. Uh, we're kind of like a multi-campus, uh, church setting here. So I oversee the music and technology and all that kind of stuff for the three campuses. So I still gotcha. do, I still do music full time. Uh, and then guitar building has become this, since 2009 has kind of become this like uh just labor of love and it's pretty uh, i guess probably within the last four years or so it's become like a, a part-time venture yeah yeah well so yeah i'm a, i mean the designs that you do are you know um they're not a they're not a typical you know, um not that, not that I think this is bad or anything, but like a lot of people start yeah. with like, you know, let's put together a parts caster type of situation. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that's not not what you're doing now. Is that did you start there? What kind of like people don't just jump into building guitars the way you do? So where was kind of the first step? To yeah, that? yeah. Well, so this was probably back in 2008. Uh, I was I was doing my my post grad work. And it was only like three classes, so I had a lot of downtime. I wasn't working at the time. I was just in school. Um, mm -hmm. And my brother-in-law gave me this just super crappy squire. And, uh, and, and he asked me, he's like, he's like, you know, hey, like, can you, I want you to age it. Like, just make it look cool and, and old and vibey. And uh, he's like, but I want you to upgrade the parts, make it more playable. He had like this kind of like connection with the guitar and he just wanted it to sound and look cool. So right. I, kind I of a, ended a, up taking... A, uh, oh, sorry. I'm just assuming it was sort of uh, like a nostalgic or emotional connection or something. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. I mean, he had had mm -hmm. that guitar forever. He wasn't even really much of a guitar player, but he just wanted it to to kind of look cool. Like, I don't know. So I ended up taking it and took it apart and, you know, got replacement parts and all that kind of stuff. And like, you know, all parts or WD music or something like that. Right. And reassembled it. Uh, I put in some like Lindy Fralins and stuff like that. And the guitar ended up sounding really great. I mean, my setup work was like super shoddy, <laughs> but, but like, I mean, it looked cool. Like in, it, it was the first time I'd ever really tried to age a guitar or anything. So, and it actually turned out pretty well. And coming out of that, I was kind of like, you know, shoot, man, I could, I could do this. Like, this is fun. Right. Um, and, and yeah, it ended up being like a, a lot more fun than I thought, which, I mean, this is why so many of us get into, to mods and you know build your own pedals and stuff like that um and this is yeah, why it ends up being like, a, a good time type of thing it's like oh yeah it sounds like it sounds totally. like work but i don't know it 
can be a good it can can be a good time if you let it be type of deal. Well, totally, and this is why you know companies like Warmoth and and others like thrive because there's enough of us out there that's uh you know if you get a good neck and body it's it's fun to do the rest it's mm -hmm. it's creating the neck and body that no one wants to bother <laughs> no one wants to bother with so so they they have a smart business model going on for sure um yeah so anyways kind of after that he actually ended up just letting me keep the guitar he's like you know what like this is awesome uh you you play guitar i don't even really play guitar so why don't you just keep it and i ended up uh giving it to a buddy of mine just as just as a gift and and he ended up loving the guitar and uh we had a lot of uh shared friends and stuff and so he let them play it they liked it uh and then these friends kind of kept coming to me they're like hey could you put together a tally for me or a strat and that kind of thing. And so that kind of like kicked it off for me. Uh, mm -hmm. And at that point, like I didn't, I honestly didn't really know what I was doing. Uh, so I kind of, I, I was doing pro probably what every, every other average Joe is doing was like, just, you know, I'm going to go buy an all parts neck and, uh, you know, buy an all parts body or go to Warmoth or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, just like assemble more than more than you know i don't know more exactly you know yeah more than like being yeah. a luthier basically you're assembling totally. your parts yeah well and, and like what's funny like it's kind of weird that i even fell into all of this just because my dad was like one of those dads that like you know if something broke around the house he's calling the repairman like he never, right. <laughs> he, he never, he never taught me like, I, I mean, like how to use a bandsaw, you know, I mean, that's, that would be super advanced for him. Uh, you know, I mean, like I just didn't like grow up around tools or anything mm -hmm. like that. So the fact that I like kind of got into this was like, I mean, totally like took people by surprise, especially my family. Um, so yeah, yeah it's, I, it's just uh, funny. <laughs> That's that is interesting because I I kind of grew up around people who built things and know how to build things and I'm not great but I can you know work with my hands and make stuff and and mechanically inclined mm -hmm. and so I I I see that kind of stuff sometimes and it's so foreign to me I'm like everyone knows how to you know use a screwdriver right but some people know, really right? just it's just not their thing <laughs> yeah uh, well it's like, yeah I have an intern right now and. Uh... It was it was literally like that. Like I had to show him how to properly use, uh, yeah, like a screwdriver. How to use a drill press. I mean, how to use a hand drill. Like, I mean, it was like starting from <laughs> from square one, and it was just like, oh my gosh. And then I remind right. myself, I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah, that was actually me, like you know, ten years ago. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so this is funny I... how it comes around. It it does. And I mean, it's like, it's kind of, I don't know if for guys that have done it for a little bit or done things, you know, uh, for a little bit of that nature, it's like when you meet somebody that is your age or older that like, doesn't like, doesn't have that kind of knowledge. You're like, uh, you're confused, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> yeah. And so, and it's like, Oh, I mean, not, I'm not commenting bad on them. I'm just saying it's like, it takes me by surprise. I'm like, Oh, you don't. Okay. Yeah, well, I, I guess you're not a carpenter, so that why would you? But it always like takes exactly. you like takes you a couple like you need my you know my wife worked for somebody that that called their handyman out to install a curtain rod, a uh, shower curtain <laughs> rod, like one of the extendable you know screw. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, I'm like, like they, they, that's they, awesome. I, like it took more effort to pick up the phone. That's what I'm thinking, right? <laughs> but, but hey, that's everyone's hilarious. got got their thing, you know. That's really funny. Not to go yeah, on well, that I mean, tangent. That was just a random no, thought when you uh, said that. That's, that's funny. I mean, and that was honestly, that was me at that point. Like, I I was just trying to figure it out as I went. And it's mm -hmm. funny, like, I mean, now it's funny. Then it wasn't. But, like, it was, like, the littlest things, right? Like, 
using a, a screwdriver head that was too small for a screw. And then you end up stripping out all of your screws. And, right. <laughs> and you're just like, I mean, you, you learn those things as you go, but it was, and that's kind of honestly how the first, probably year, year and a half of just assembling guitars was. Mm-hmm. Luckily it was for friends, right? So they're super gracious. And, uh, you know, it, it it was just a lot of fun. And, and quite honestly, it was, without those those uh that like year year and a half of just doing that uh if i had just tried to jump in i probably wouldn't have actually understood you know like all the ins and outs of like how a guitar like all the parts play together as a whole mm-hmm. um it it really it really helped it's kind of like if you if you're an auto mechanic or something if you really know how to take care of your car uh not only like does it just make you uh more in tune with what you have but i don't know you just have a better understanding if you ever had to create a part from scratch or whatever it's just right. you have the knowledge there you know you know what it takes and what like is good quality versus bad quality mm-hmm. um so yeah i mean it, it that, was that was, it was a, a good uh that was a good analogy for me because that was that was my background for a lot of years. So it's like, yeah, I, Oh really? Yeah. 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 I was a, I was a heavy equipment mechanic for, uh, trucks and heavy equipment for about eight years. So that, that resonated with me. I know what you mean. Oh, good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And you know, uh, honestly, so like after probably doing it a year and a half or so just assembling, this is about 2009. Uh, mm-hmm. that's when I started, doing the guitar bodies by myself, just trying to just slowly venture out. And, uh, so what's funny is like, I had just started doing guitar bodies 2009. And one of the very first ones I tried doing by myself. Uh, and at this point I was still sourcing out necks to like from, uh, like Warmoth or all parts or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the very first ones I build on my own, as far as the body goes, Mason Stoops ended up buying. Oh, really? And, yeah. And that's that white guitar that he's just like beat to shreds. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's still, I mean, 2009, uh, which that... that's when I can, that's when I consider myself actually first having started Walsh guitars, uh, yeah, and he he like bought like it was either the first or the second guitar. That's the one that he still plays today. So, I had no idea just, that was yours. I've seen that thing a million times, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's done a trillion mods to it, right? I think like uh, the bridge is original, and obviously the body and neck are original. But uh, other than that, like I mean, the pickups. He he went to. The pickups that were in that originally, I think, were were either Lawlers or Freylands. And mm-hmm. he ended up swapping them out for some Don Mares. And now they're the bridge is if if I remember right, it's actually a real 1954 Telecaster bridge pickup. And then he has a, a Gaiatone uh that's... kind of like a yeah, they're funky like orange yeah. foil. Yep, yeah. that's that that's the one I yeah I think you're right about the the bridge I'm I I can picture this guitar in my head so yeah and then he and I've had always like, thought that guitar is so cool <laughs> I didn't know yeah, it was yours I mean he 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 definitely he made it cool like <laughs> when I gave it to him it was like it was okay I mean but I mean honestly Mason makes everything cool so you you gotta true give story. that to him it's yeah. true yeah and it, he like at one point he had some like. Uh, guitar fetish preamp in there that had like a, a mid-range boost and some kind of uh eq enhancer i think they called it um so there there's like i think this is like probably the first generation of mason stoops mods was he like he created this funky pick guard and the pick guard uh extended between the bridge and the uh the mount mounting plate i don't mm-hmm. know if you have seen pictures of that but they had like three little mini toggle switches there and that was 
to engage that preamp. And so now he he's back to the standard vintage style wiring. But that guitar's right. it's seen it's seen a lot of a lot of work. <laughs> it's seen some things, man. I've seen some yes. things. Yeah. The stories it could tell. <laughs> Maybe it shouldn't. So, yeah. Be quiet, guitar. Yeah. Don't don't you mention that ever again. <laughs> That's right. So yeah, so I mean that's that's kind of it. I mean honestly, going from there, it's just been it's been one venture after another, and uh, it's been cool. Like the last four years, I've been here in, in Washington, and uh, and here I've been really. I have like my own separate shop. Um, it's not massive, but it's large enough for me to to do everything and since i've moved here i've been able to hire on an extra hand uh and he used to do all the setup work for the gibson custom shop Mm -hmm. and so and so he's kind of like my my last stop it goes to him and he he does the final setup and just kind of make sure that quality control is is what it should be and that kind of thing He, he just does a really great job with those final details Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then I also have another guy who helps with with necks, and it's been cool because, like, since I've been here, it's all been kind of like this long process of of growth. Because you know, it was assembly, then it was like building the body, and then still sourcing out necks, and and now it's like whenever possible, everything is is everything's done in shop. Uh, and I have those two guys to help me out with that. So, uh, and that's why I like, you know, now we're doing like kind of cool, uh, fretboard markers and, and all these kind of things that you would never see, you know, like a warmoth or guitar mill doing that kind of thing. So, right. It's been, it's been cool. It so. is, it is really, it's really neat. I mean, what, what first kind of drew me to your stuff? I, I mean, I, we probably like, like how most of these things happened connected on Instagram. And uh, I just remember looking at your body shapes and, and things and going, you know, that just, that just is, is really cool. It's really different. And mm-hmm. through kind of just, you know, as our social media stuff goes, like I started seeing you seem to have a, quite an affinity for oddball, like, um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but like Italian and, and old German things and all these kind of, <laughs> weird sort of weird you know things but are still very aesthetically pleasing but not what we consider traditional as you know uh, the american stuff we're used to um what kind of brought that on yeah well i was so probably until 2000 i guess it was 2013 until then i was still only doing you know tellies strats uh, I was doing some jazz master Jaguar kind of stuff. And then I, I dabbled a little bit with like Les Paul's Les Paul mm-hmm. juniors. And I'll, st- I'll still do a telly occasionally. Um, I don't, I don't like doing strats. I'm honestly, someone might out there might hate me after saying this, but like, I don't, I don't like strats. Um, like yeah, I, I, I grew up playing. Yeah. I grew up playing a telly or, or a Les Paul. And that mm-hmm. that volume that volume knob's just too close to the bridge for me. It, it just it kills me. So. Strats for me, and I'm I I have said this before a couple times, but for me, I like very specific ones, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally, like your average your average strat for me is not super aesthetically pleasing. Um, yeah, and I don't know if it's because I've seen it too much. I mean, don't get me wrong, like. They sound amazing. I love that that sound. And, you know, certain models, I think, look really cool. Um, but across the board, like, just to show me Stratocaster, I go, eh. Doesn't excite me very yeah. much. I don't know. I don't know why that is. It's just a, a weird thing. Um, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. For me, it, it was that for sure. Like, it's it's been not only has it been done by a lot of people, but it's just it's just a to me it's a tired design now Uh, yeah and that's just personally like i mean obviously it's still like probably one of the best selling guitars of all time so 
<laughs> There's going to be a lot of people who argue with me on that. So, <laughs> right. Well, and they feel great and they sound great. Uh, yeah. It just it just aesthetically it doesn't doesn't get me super excited. I, and it's probably like I said, just because yeah. like you said, it's been done so many times. But maybe that's yeah. why the strats I like are the somewhat less favorable ones. You know, I like the strats mm-hmm. that I do like are generally like solid black or solid white with you know like uh you know a rosewood fretboard and a big headstock which is kind of not traditional mm-hmm. um yeah so I, I, yeah I, don't I i actually it's what's funny is like i have i have a pretty massive guitar collection oh and, and it's like you said it's uh there are like i have a lot of funky vintage guitars like i have uh several vintage coppas which i don't know if mm-hmm. you're familiar with that brand but they're amazing guitars and you can get them for dirt cheap uh so there's i have several of those i have some hoffners from the 60s mm-hmm. and 70s so i have a couple of hagstroms tysca i have a lot of tyscas uh i have a couple echoes from italy and several uh vintage gretches and stuff but even the gretches i don't have like a a sixty-one twenty. I mean, like the Gretches that I have are like the beast. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Yeah, uh, yeah, the beast yes. rules. Yeah, so I, I have one of those, and uh, a uh, oh my gosh, I'm totally a uh, Corvette. Mm-hmm. So like you know, like the the oddball ones that never really like super took off. Uh, those are always kind of my my favorite guitars, but. So, but yeah, so like I was, I was doing oh. still though, the strats and tellies until like 2013. Right. And oh, can, can we back up real quick? One second. I have a question yeah. for you uh, about Hagstrom's yeah. in particular. Um, yeah. I always thought they were really cool looking and they seem to be pretty well made. Um, and I don't know if this is across the board, um, but all of the older ones that I've played had the weirdest tiny little neck on them. That I couldn't, yes. I couldn't play very well at all. I mean, I like big necks generally. I my favorite necks are like my my junior and you know big, stupidly sized, huge necks. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the Hegstrom is the only guitar that I picked. I'm like, I'm gonna buy that. Look how cool it is. And I picked it up and played it and played it for 30 minutes and went, you know what? No, because my hand's starting to hurt. This is the weirdest tiny little neck. Are they all like that? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they are. Uh, so I have a, uh, I have a Hagstrom uh, Viking Deluxe. It's a 1969, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, and it it basically it looks like a 335, uh, but it's yes. a bolt. But it's a bolt-on neck, um, and that thing. I, so I took a measurement at the first fret. It's 0.78 of an inch, which is like. I mean, that's stupid then. Um, and even at the 12th, even at the 12th, it's only 0.85 of an inch, which honestly, yeah. I mean, point, point 0.85, that's where most first frets are like beginning in measurement. So right. it's, yeah, I mean, it's a thin neck. But like for me, it's great because I have smaller hands. And so like it feels perfect for me. Like for me, that's, it's not a shredder guitar. But that neck for me is like, if I was a shredder, that's the neck I, I would want. Um, yeah, that's that's yeah. what's weird about me. I've said it on the show a couple times, but like, I've got really, I don't have very big hands. I've got mm-hmm. like, I, I'm a I'm a shorter dude and I've got like, small, weird, stubby fingers. But for some reason, I like guitars that play like baseball bats. I don't, not across the huh. board, but like, I, yeah. I tend, I tend to favor big necks and they, they're always ever since I started playing my junior um, found that they were more comfortable for me and I could actually play better on them. I don't know why I, maybe I have messed up hands. I'm not sure. Yeah. (laughs) Your junior, your junior, by the way, like for me, it's like the quintessential junior. Like if there was like a junior, I would go for it. It's the one that you got. That thing is awesome. I I was, uh, I, I was just playing it. That was what I was playing before we started recording. And, uh, (laughs) <laughs> I I uh, obviously have a very close personal connection to it that I've talked about a million times, but um, yeah, 
I'm, I'm looking at it right now, and I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right, Drew. That's that's the junior <laughs> I would buy if I wasn't so fortunate yeah. to have had it in the family. You know, <laughs> you yeah. know? <laughs> it's just like it's got like all the right wear in all the right places. Just so good. Yeah. Just, I mean, I guess that's what happens when you get like a legit player from that. I mean, the, you know, this was just a guitar. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? It was like, it, like they didn't care about them. You know, I take pretty good care of it for obvious reasons, but like my grandpa didn't. <laughs> you know? yeah. I mean, he didn't beat it. Yeah. He didn't purposely hurt it, but it was, he just played it like it's a guitar. Kind of like I treat my, my Les Paul special. It's like, yeah, it's, it has a guitar. Ah, it's got a nick in it, whatever, you know? Well, and see, that's why those guitars are such great players is because back then those weren't, you know, like the several hundred dollar guitars. I mean, when people bought those, those were more like the, I want a good brand, but I don't want to pay a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So those were the ones that got played hard. And so they just got so much mojo. It's a great guitars. It just soaks, soaks right in there. Soaks right in there. Yeah. Yeah. But well, but we've went off track. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> which is is what happens, which is totally fine. Um, yeah, but you've been doing some builds uh, for the last couple of years that it seems like, just by nature of them being kind of spinoffs of these, um, not spinoffs, mm-hmm. but like you, like you said, you got a big collection, and I'm sure you take inspiration from all these quirky old weird instruments. Yeah. Do you have some that are kind of a? You said you got a now. No, everyone's gonna scream at me. Uh, yeah, what is the appropriate pronunciation of Tisco or Tisco? I hear it in very many different ways, and I don't know which is correct. You know, that's a great question. <laughs> I don't, I don't know either. I, I always say Tisco, but it's probably just because that's what everyone's always said to me. So I'm just following suit. I mean, I'm down with that. That's what I thought it was the first time I read it, but then I heard Tisco a bunch. And I'm I don't know. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, and, and I love, I love Japanese guitars. Like, uh, I have like a Kent. I have a couple Tyscos. Uh, I've got uh, an Elk. I don't know if you've heard of mm-hmm. Elk, but oh yeah. yeah. So I have a, I have a, a lot of different Japanese ones, and some of them are really great, and some of them like, oh, I have a Norma as well. And and like they they just don't they don't play well and that's mm-hmm. that's the only thing and and what's funny is like I mean I know that a lot of Japanese brands went through this this phase where they're like the lawsuit the famous lawsuit guitars of um, course but but really when you get past that era and even during that era there there's a lot of quite original Japanese designs I mean I th- I think people they they get a bad rap but people kind of forget that like the Japanese like were like kind of actually ahead of their time when it came to guitar design. They were, they were trying stuff that, that the American and, and British uh, guitar makers would never do. It was too experimental. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that's kind of what drew me to it. And in 2013, like I, I just made a decision that year that I was going to stop doing classic designs um because there there are just so many phenomenal guitar builders out there doing telly styles and strat style les paul style guitars um and quite honestly i was in my opinion at that point at least in 2013 i was just thinking i was like man these guys are doing it but they're doing it better than me <laughs> so <laughs> right like, i mean and 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 they're writing on the laurels of like a lot of years of doing it. And, and for me, it was just like, you know, like I'm not drawn to that design as much. Like I've been doing that design just because it sells, but, but like at heart, you know, like the, the German designs and, uh, and the, uh, Asian designs to me, I found much more interesting and, and exciting and experimental. Um, so that's kind of like where I, where I kind of headed down that road and, and now it's just, it's kind of gotten out of hand because <laughs> I have, like, I, as the best I things have, tend like, to do. Yes, I know. Right. But I mean, like most guys, like they'll, they'll hone in on like, okay, here's my three models or four models of guitars. And this is all I do. 
And I've got like, you know, 12, 15. I have 12 models of guitars, I think, right now, but I'm working on another three prototypes right now. <laughs> one, one, one's going to release next week. So I, I'm, I'm not able to go to NAM this year. Just uh, it's a it's a lot of money to swing. So it is. Um, Are any of your guitars yeah. going to NAM though? Uh, man, that's a good question. I mean, I'm sure Mason Stoops will be there. Um, and there's some other companies like amp companies and stuff that are going to be there that I know own my guitars, but I'm not sure if they'll be taken like, uh, John, John Thompson, that bad cat's a good friend of mine. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he usually will take a, a guitar or two of mine there. Um, and then, uh, earthquaker devices. Corey Juba, who's one of the guys who works at Earthquaker, he's got one of my guitars. So I had guitars at their booth last year as well. So, but yeah, this year I'm kind of staying low. And since I'm not going to be at NAMM, I'm, I'm going to be debuting a, a new prototype next week. Well, cool. Um, I'll look forward to that. This is going to be, yeah, I, I, ho so. I hope it comes out in time. This all kind of depends on lots of factors, but this is like the last episode before NAMM. So oh, nice. hopefully, hopefully I can pop this out in time um, so people can listen on their flight cool. in or hey, while they're sand nice. sanding down prototypes or whatever they're doing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, that's I'm trying to remember what booth it was that I played one of your guitars at uh, last year it was the first time, even though I've been kind of talking for a long time. I hadn't played one. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if it was at the creation booth or I can't remember where it was um well, i had uh yeah i had a barrage at the creation booth that that was uh, it I, i'm almost yeah. positive yeah because i also had a couple guitars at the classic audio effects i had mm -hmm. three or four guitars at uh, the fox pedal two guitars at earthquaker and two guitars at bad cat nice so yeah i uh <laughs> It was it was a little crazy last year. This this will be a nice nice quiet uh, quiet January for me. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh man, good times. Yeah, but um, so it well since this is probably gonna drop like right around the same time as your prototype mm -hmm. is coming out. Not that like people can see it uh, on a audio podcast, but like, sure. is there something uh, something special about this one that you would? or that care to dis divulge or uh, otherwise expand on? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, what's, what's funny or maybe not funny, I guess what's, what's odd about my guitars is that uh, no, no two guitars are really alike. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's like there might be a, a barrage that has a, um, you know, like a Telecaster bridge. And then there's another one that's got a tunematic, and then the next one. You know, I that, that's kind of the fun part of being um, a custom shop is that no, no two guitars are alike. So the the new prototype, the the elements on it are not necessarily like this is the standard. What's the standard is just the body style, and uh, the body style is kind of like if you took a jazz bass mm -hmm. and you miniaturized it into guitar form uh, and then took elements of some echo designs mm -hmm. uh, and then kind of, yeah, I threw all that together. And then the, uh, the, the bridge is actually a Melita style bridge, uh, which are kind of like those, you know, uh, 1950s, really early 60s Gretsch style bridges. Oh, okay. Um, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. It's a, it's made by MB Matic and MB Concepts, the, the company that made it, they make very accurate replicas of the Melita style bridge. But it's like, to me, like the MB bridges and mastery bridges, I mean, like they're just amazing works of, <laughs> of metal art. I mean, it's, it's just, really great craftsmanship so that's the the bridge and then the the vibrato on the prototype is actually a 
a new old stock 1967 Hagstrom vibrato. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. So the, the Hagstrom, the original Hagstrom uh, factory closed a few years ago and they were getting rid of like all these vibratos and new old stock parts for really cheap. And I bought like 15 of these vibratos. So, <laughs> so I've been sitting on, sitting on several of them for, for special projects. So. Oh man, that sounds yeah. so cool. <laughs> yeah. So this guitar is just like super vibey. It's got a roasted 5A flame maple neck. It's got a Bacote uh, fretboard. So it's just like, it's real wild. Uh, this prototype is, is aged and just because it, what I was really going for was that sixties Italian meets American, uh, kind of design. And so I wanted it to look the part. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so that, that's really exciting. And I'm also right now I'm working on a, a lap steel, uh, new oh, design. Sweet. Yeah. I, I lap steel is like one of my favorite instruments. I suck at it, but like, I love listening to lap steel and I dabble, um, horribly, but like, I've always wanted to to make my own lap steel design, so I'm kind of working on that as well. So it's gonna be it's gonna be fun times. That doesn't that is exciting. Yeah. I I don't see yeah. a lot of uh, a lot of lap steel in the you know the you know whatever you want to quote unquote boutique world. Like mm -hmm. you don't see that uh, that much. That's that's really exciting. I'm gonna be excited to see what you do there. That's cool. Yeah, there's, I don't know why, because I, maybe it's just because like the Nashville world, I guess most of the hardcore players are doing pedal steel, not lap steel. Right. Um, but then you, I don't know, you still get guys though. I mean, like Asher guitars and he's a inspiration for me when it comes to lap steel and uh, some of those, those more eclectic style instruments, but like, Asher, he makes a killer lap steel, and I mean, he does really well with that. And so that's kind of where I'm kind of drawing some inspiration from. My my design will not be anything like his, but uh, although I probably will use his, Asher makes a killer lap steel bridge that I'll probably end up using. So very cool. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's the answer. I love pedal steel so much. I love listening to it. Uh, mm -hmm. I but I look at it and go, no. I'm I can barely play guitar, let alone all yeah. the levers and not you know. I know. And I mean I'm like you too, kinda I mean you probably a better player than I am, but I come from a kind of the punk rock background, so I'm just like, you know, like power mm -hmm. chords and stuff are pretty hard sometimes. Uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so I look I at pedal steel pedal steel players and I'm just amazed. Uh and but man, it's one of my very favorite things to listen to. Um, yeah. So maybe, maybe a, lap steel would be a good stop gap where I can like sort of comprehend and mimic certain aspects of it without overloading yeah. my little brain. Well, totally. And like, for me, I, I thought about, because I do have a large instrument collection, I was thinking about like, well, maybe I'll just buy like an inexpensive pedal steel or something like that. But then the more I looked into it, like it doesn't have six strings and it's like crazy alternate tunings and like <laughs> I, I'm like, well, I, I'm still trying to wrap my mind around how to play guitar. Well, you know, let, like, let alone like nine strings, eight strings. No, thanks. Like that's too much for me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the great thing about lap steel is that like, it's still six strings and you can tune it into like open D drop D, you know, I mean like all sorts of cool stuff that like whatever makes sense for your mind. Uh, as a guitarist, it translates well to a lap steel. So for me, it just makes sense to have something like that as a part of my lineup. I think but, it's going to make sense to have that as part of my stash. I'm going to need a lap yes. steel in my life. Exactly. Sounds, well, we'll work something you're, out. <laughs> you're, making, you're making that sound really appealing right now. That sounds like... Yeah. <laughs> I could just sit Perfect. down with a lap steel and a bunch of pedals and just like... Woo, like lo lose myself oh, for a while. Yeah, well, honestly, a lap steel, a good like nice overdrive, some reverb and delay, and you'll you'll be like in heaven for a couple hours. That sounds like a, that sounds like such a good time. Maybe yeah. stereo. 
Maybe with some modulation. Oh, yeah. Maybe with some fuzz. Yeah, oh, wait. I'm getting out of hand again. Uh, <laughs> as I want to do. Um, do. Do you... We've talked a lot about guitars, which is uh, mm-hmm. unusual. We usually are discussing chicken fried steak or something by this point. But... Um, <laughs> Do, do you uh, do you get what what styles of music do you play? I know you do a lot of music stuff with your church, but outside of that, do mm-hmm. you ever get a chance to you know play no effect songs again or anything like that? Oh man, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I'm I haven't touched punk music in a long time. I, I kind of got a little burnt out on that. Um, but like musically, like. Like what I personally listen to, like I love a pretty wide gambit of stuff. So like I'm a huge Muse fan, uh, just like Muse as a whole, like just uh, I've seen them several times live and they are entertainers mm-hmm. and they're just they're just super fun uh, to listen to and, and to play. So I love Muse, uh, but everything from that to even just like kind of more folksy stuff like the civil wars and nice. uh too like very like fuzz driven stuff you know uh like white stripes and all that kind of scene um but like i guess like recently what i've been getting into is more of like almost like more um more like americana mm-hmm. kind of stuff and uh so yeah i it's it's just hard when it's like when playing music is or making or arranging music is my full-time job it's always it's always kind of hard to like actually find time just to play for fun and Mm -hmm. so that's that's kind of like one of my things i'm trying to set myself out to do this year is just to get back into the enjoyment of like personal music making um so like for example, I decided this year that I'm I'm really huge into like uh like old school this is gonna sound weird, but like Afro spiritual gospel. Um, okay. So you, you get like that gospel choir doing like the ooze and that kind of thing behind it. Uh, yeah, there, there's yeah. a I, there's a there's a guy named Brady Toops. And uh Brady Toops does like somehow does like this cool indie rock infused of afro spiritual and it's just so cool and so um i love arranging music and so that's probably this next year that's what i'm going to spend some time doing is trying to just arrange that kind of thing and write guitar parts for that so get me out of my my normal my normal kind of music i listen to trying to expand myself a bit nice that that sounds like a lot of fun i like i uh I I can appreciate that and I need to I actually think I need to work on kind of expanding some of my horizons at times. I have a pretty pretty wide background or not background but like mm-hmm. listening I don't I listen to a lot of different music. I don't know what the fancy term I was trying to come up with was, but uh yeah. and I I made a playlist the other day for uh some of my friends uh and it was titled just like what you would expect me to listen to. And mm-hmm. I just kind of dumped a bunch of my favorite songs in there. They were like, yeah, that's exactly what I would expect you to listen to. Um, and I kind of went and I was joking when I made it, but I was like, and I really got to look and I'm like, you know, this is exactly what I would expect me to listen to, too. Uh, but I like other stuff. I think I should explore that other stuff a little more widely um, yeah. rather than kind of like, I don't know, the well-known hits in that particular genre that's not the norm that i would listen to i guess so what um, do you what do you listen to um i mean i really like outlaw country i'm a big fan of that um i like nice. like early 2000s hardcore like quite a bit that's kind of formative mm-hmm. stuff for me um i i like i like you know and i like punk rock from that that similar era uh big dropkick mm-hmm. murphy's fan um nice. so Flogging Molly and, and bands like that. Thrice is my favorite mm-hmm. band. I think people have figured that out by now, and I don't think that's ever going to change. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, and, and Lucero is another one of my favorites. I can't get enough of them. Um, 
but nice. it's all kind of stuff I've I've just talked about ad nauseum and yeah. and and people just at least my good friends and my family like they just kind of they just expect like yeah, yeah. like people yeah this is what he likes and I'm like I like other yeah. stuff too um so yeah um kind of trying to explore the the more older school kind of uh soul music and stuff my wife's really into that stuff and i haven't really listened to it that much in depth the more i do the more i really mm -hmm. really enjoy it so um it's awesome i got some i got some searching to do uh i've also you know started to actually enjoy listening to more ambient kind of heavy bands i guess i'm not really sure what the term for it is but uh i've been listening to this will destroy you quite a bit and I'm like, they, they, they play kind of what I play by myself, which is like lots of fuzz and lots of reverb and crazy droning. I mean, I'm generalizing, but like, it's, uh, yeah. it's kind of what I do by myself. And so it's fun to hear somebody else and do it with a full band, I guess. Hmm. I'll have to <laughs> check that out. It's a, it's an interesting band. They've been around for a long time and, and. They produce some rad soundscapes, I guess. Huh. So, well, you know, if your wife does like soul, she would probably super like Brady Toops, like I was talking about earlier. It's very mm -hmm. soulful. So, yeah, it sounds nice. it sounds cool. She's recently got me into uh, well, not so recently, but she got me into Leon Bridges. Um, I don't know if you've heard him, but I haven't. No. Yeah, I think. I don't know. Based on this conversation, you'd probably be a fan. He's he's pretty cool. Very, very Leon throwback. Bridges. Yeah, Leon Bridges. Very, very cool. I don't know. I get a kick out of his stuff, and that's kind of what's sending me down that path. So I'll have to investigate them, too. That sounds Brady Toops. Sounds cool. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at Leon Bridges on iTunes now, so I have to check that out. Nice. Very cool. Huh. <laughs> this is great casting. I wish I could insert a Leon Bridges tune right here, but I know, right? You know. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It'd be a great segue. But um well, we have uh we are approaching that hour mark and yeah. We've yet to kind of discuss the most important and very valuable question that probably honestly going to make or break you know this entire podcast so i'm going to have to <laughs> uh -oh. I, 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 I i i mean I, I don't want you to feel any pressure i don't want you to get too worked up about it but drew um sorry this is a big one drew what kind of pizza do you like oh man that is a tough question uh okay so do you go to mod pizza at all yes i do i i've been there a couple times yeah okay so at mod pizza they have this i'm trying to remember the name of it it's the one that has the white sauce on it um i'm not forget i'm not remembering the name but i can tell you what's on it it's that's a, most important it's like an yeah okay good all right so it's an Alfredo based sauce, but then I add uh, basil. It's got mozzarella cheese. It's got spinach and mm -hmm. uh, spicy sausage and bacon. Mm -hmm. And then, and then let's see, it's got uh, sweet hot peppers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's got. Uh, Roasted garlic. Oh man. Yeah, I like cleaning my pores with my pizza. Of course, kind of like a two for two, two for one deal there. Yeah, um, you got to get your bang for the buck. Of course, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then at the end, I throw on uh, some uh, ricotta cheese, and then mm -hmm. they then they like uh, drizzle uh, balsamic glaze on it. This sounds fantastic. I would definitely, I would definitely eat that pizza, for sure. Yeah, 
So it's usually that or just like a, just straight up like meat lovers. So I, I I'll go either way, but that that's like the two two kinds of pizza I would get. It's hard to go wrong with the meat lovers. I mean, yeah, even a not that good one is still like, eh, I can at least scrape the toppings off and enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like your whole week's worth of protein right there. You just get it done. Whole whole weeks. So, whole well, at least in, at least in my house. I mean, my my oh. wife's a hippie, <laughs> so it's like my wife's a hippie, so it's like you know. If it was up to her, we would all be vegetarians or vegans or something. So, oh, I got to I got to get my I got to get my red meat whenever I can. Which I, is not I around. understand. <laughs> you got to sneak out. Let me smell your the red meat. Yeah, let me smell your breath, Drew. You've been hitting the red <laughs> meat again, haven't you? <laughs> well, if, she, if she can smell the if she can smell the roasted garlic, she's she knows I've had the red meat as well. <laughs> You told me never again. Uh, <laughs> making this much more dramatic than uh, it actually is. Uh, no, it's better this way. Of course. I'm just picturing this whole soap opera just playing out. Exactly. <laughs> never mind. We're not going to go there. That could be, could be weird. <laughs> um, well, yeah, thanks. Uh, thank you for taking the time out of your day to, uh, to do this, to ramble on with me. Yeah, man. Uh, we need to, uh, you know, talk about this lap steel stuff some more. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope to have I hope to have the prototype done sometime within the next two months or so. Cool. So I already I've already made templates for it. It's just kind of fine tuning some stuff, and because this isn't the normal thing I would do, I want to source the right kind of parts. Um, this is just very much like not my my average world. So I want to make sure I do it right and and make the right choices for the first one. So, but yeah, it, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited. That is, I think that's going to be, I'm excited to see what you do with it. I have, I have comp, I've played your guitars. I, or a, one of your guitars and admired many, yeah. many images of them. And, uh, I'm, I feel confident. So nice. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> it's going to be cool. Yeah, I agree. Well, right cool. well thanks well, man thanks for letting me chat with you it's been good yeah i enjoyed it a lot uh we'll have to uh we'll have to hook up and and do it again sometime we can Sounds talk good. more about our food preferences <laughs> in the drama that will assuredly come <laughs> that will unfold thereafter yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right thanks everybody for drew this is blake and as always Good luck and good tones. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. That does it for this week. Good people of Tone Mob Land. You should definitely go to Drew's website, walshguitars.com. Check out his wares. I highly encourage it. Or check him on the social medias, at Walsh Guitars, blah, 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 blah. You know how all this works. And if you don't, just search Walsh Guitars on Google. You'll find him. And you'll be happy that you did. In other important announcements, NAM 2018 is coming up fast. Yes, fast. As in just like a few days, sort of kind of fast. Um, Friday the 26th, there's going to be a bunch of listeners, community members, rad dudes and gals all showing up to eat pizza. We're going to be eating pizza at NAM second annual Tone Mob Pizza Party, and it's presented by Sinusoid because Andy and company are amazing people. And so we're going to be all chowing down. There might be a drawing. I'm not saying there is, but there might be a drawing. And if you want to know the details, uh, hit me up at info at tonemob.com or, you know, on any of the social medias, and we'll get you squared away with all the details, but second annual Tone Mob Pizza Party, you're not going to want to miss it. So, hopefully I see you there. Bye. One last thing before we totally sign off here, I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, 
that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is ToneMob.com Stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstreet as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out.